fantasy coaches, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. And today I'm joined by Emmy Award winner James Coe, anchor of the NFL Network, to chat about Week 15 rankings for your fantasy football semifinal matchups. Hey James, thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up? Emmy Award winner, I sound so official. <laughs> I, you are official, man. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, man, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if any of those credentials help me with fantasy football, but I'll try <laughs> James, I've been getting a handful, at least, of terrible email questions every day, all season. But now that we're in the playoffs, it's come to a sudden halt. We're talking zero so far this week. That can't be a coincidence, right? I guess not, although I seem to be getting hammered even more on Twitter uh, regarding (laughs) roster questions because the stakes are so much higher now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep getting these emails though this week with guys who are carrying like three QBs and they're all really good this week, like Kirk Cousins, uh, Russell Wilson against LA, Tom Brady. Okay. Like, first of all, how do you get all these guys? And second of all, if you're smart enough to find a way to load your team so much, you don't need my advice. You're going to be perfectly fine. In fact, can I have some tips? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy what happens on the waiver wire, especially later because you can't work out trades. So you yeah. end up having to, you know, drop really good players because you're desperate. Like, for example, like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with the decision on my own playoff roster. I have – I've got Andrew Luck taking on Minnesota, but mm-hmm. I also have Tyrod Taylor taking on Cleveland, right? So it's like, ugh. Am I really going to bench Andrew Luck to play the matchups? I'm just not that sure, you know. So um, it's it's hard. I mean, the quarterback decisions this week are, are pretty tough. They are really tough. There's a you know there's a lot of bad quarterbacks with great matchups, and like you said, Andrew Luck. You've got Tom Brady against Denver as well. I know Tom Brady was terrific, but I just I want no piece of Tom Brady against Denver, and for a number of reasons. One, uh, he doesn't have Gronk. Two, uh, I just think Denver's run defense has been very susceptible, and they've got a couple of good running backs in LeGarrette Blunt, Deion Lewis, and and James White. So I just think maybe it won't even be so much that Tom Brady's going to be bad, but if if I'm writing out game script right now in my head, I don't really see a scenario where Tom Brady's going to throw it 40 times. I think you're right. I don't think he throws it 40 times. He's a really good red zone quarterback, though. I've got him. I'm starting him. Yes, I, I do feel nervous about it because, look, Baltimore is a really good defense, but Denver's just a different animal. But I'm starting Tom Brady no matter what. I got you, man. I mean, like I said, I can't blame you for that. It's just – it's like, oh, God. I mean, that's that. there are some very difficult quarterback decisions to be made this week. You know, I made a bonehead decision earlier this season when everyone was hyping up, including myself, about James James Winston going into uh, the fantasy football playoffs with these three great matchups. I offered – Tom Brady straight up for Jameis Winston, like a bonehead, and it was rejected. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, you, Blaine, who's in my league. I I really appreciate it, man. That is great. Yeah, sometimes you just get so excited about these narratives, and uh, and you really shouldn't. You just need to to stay uh, settled down, and uh, it's a lesson that we can all learn, including the guys who are sending me emails and including myself and and other experts. So, Well, uh, what what ends up happening, Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is terrible. Um, but that being said, I think what they figured out was, you know what, man, we can't, we, we just can't hurry up and do the things we want to do offensively. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, if you look at their pace of play, it's slowed down to a crawl. So in, 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 in a lot of ways, Detroit's doing the exact same thing, which is why you're seeing, you know, 
winning streak stats because the offense is playing at a snail's pace to help protect their defense. Yeah. It's really interesting and it's worked out for both teams. So uh, I can see why they're going to stick with it. Uh, James Winston can be dropped as far as I'm concerned, because there's just so many other quarterbacks the final two weeks that I think are going to be better than him. I can't, I can't see starting him at this point. I can't see starting him against the Cowboys too, which again is one of the slowest paced teams in the league. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, between the two teams, I don't know if they run 90 plays. I mean, honestly, it's going to be such a slow game. I mean, unless somebody breaks off a big – like somebody needs to take the cap off in terms of the scoring. And if that happens, then then we could start seeing, you know, both offenses open it up a little bit. But you're basically depending on a big play to take the cap off of scoring because I really think that, that Cal, uh, the Cowboys-Buccaneers game is going to be relatively low scoring just because both teams, uh, you talk about pace of play, are playing so slow. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. James, we're going to be moving through the rankings position by position, but first, talk to me about this Chargers backfield situation. It's driving me nuts. It seems like Gordon's probably not going to play. Is I Kenneth think they Fer- said he's not going to. I don't know okay. if the team did, but I've read enough reports that basically say he's definitely out for Sunday. Uh, he may try to come. I, I, don't be surprised if he tries to come back week 17. Yeah. Uh, because he's only a few yards away from 1,000 yards. And quite frankly, that means something to a running back. Yeah. Um, to be a thousand yard rusher, that, that means something. And it, it may be a scenario as well where maybe he's got a bonus in his contract. I'm not sure because rookie deals are, you know, relatively, you know, set in stone, but he may have a thousand yard uh, rushing bonus built into his contract. We're not sure. But, but bottom line is it's definitely a source of pride. I would, I think he's, well, look, all the reports are basically saying he's out this week. I don't think he comes back next week. I think he might come back week 17. So is it going to be Faroe? Is he going to get 20-plus touches again? Or is Ronnie Hillman going to steal some or even a lot of his thunder? <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I put out there on Twitter that, you know, Kenneth Farrow is going to – he's got a great he, – he's got a great volume play in what is anticipated to be a, a relatively high-scoring affair. Chargers-Oakland, I think, is going to be a bit of a shootout. Um, I'm not even saying Kenneth Farrow's a good player. I just think he's going to get a lot of volume in a high-scoring game Yes, I just want that. You know, like give yeah. me the volume, especially week 16 or excuse me, week 15 uh, of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I'll take that in a heartbeat. And of course, somebody has to hit me back with, with Ronnie Hillman. I'm like, bro, really? It's Ronnie Hillman. He's on his, what, what is he? Is he on his third team? He might be on his fourth <laughs> team this year. Um, this, I'm talking about this year. He's on his third team. You're I right. mean, I just, I don't think he's going to come in and steal any work from Farrell. I just don't see it. I mean, I, could I think Farrell gets at least 15 touches. And it's, a, it's against a bad rushing defense. And the thing is, no matter what the game script ends up being, he made it clear last week, he can catch the ball to the backfield, six receptions. So right. I think he's a real safe play. And I think he has a huge ceiling this week. I agree, man. I, I'm, I mean, I'm all about it. No, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, am I, play, am, I, am I saying he's a locked and loaded RB1? Like, is he a top 10 play? Probably not. Yeah, but I think it's about as safe of a play as you can get for an RB two, just given the volume. Adrian Peterson returned to practice, and everyone is really excited. They're too excited, though, right? I mean, is there even a chance he plays this week, or is any good when he comes back? No. <laughs> and for all the AP truthers out, there, like, stop it, just stop it. Like, <laughs> no, he's not coming back. Like, he's he's doing this 
as a financial decision. He's going to be a free agent. The team's going to definitely cut him. They're not. There's no way in hell they're going to pay him seventy yeah. million or whatever the hell. Great it is. point. Um, and he wants to come back. He wants to show teams that he is healthy. He doesn't want to go into the offseason with this label of, of damaged goods, even though, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30 and obviously coming off multiple knee surgery. So I think he just wants to come back. Don't be surprised if he comes back week 17 as kind of a game tape audition uh, for the 31 other NFL ball clubs out there that, that could be interested in the services. I haven't heard that take, James, but it seems right on the money to me. I like it a lot, and uh, I'm glad I dropped him earlier in the season. But some, someone in every league is getting really excited right now, and I think they just He's one of the it. most added players off the waiver wire, which is yeah. just insane. It's like, guys, if it, he's definitely not coming back this week. That's just ridiculous. That's asinine. That yeah. is asinine. So Jarek McKinnon's going to be a good play this week? Uh He's been giving I, I a lot want, more tokens. I, listen, I mean, I know Asiata still the carry is in the goal line, but listen, I, I want I have Jarek McKinnon. I like Jarek McKinnon. I I was touting Jarek McKinnon two years ago because of his just overall athleticism. He's a freak athlete. He's a converted option quarterback. So he's been learning the position, the running back position. I and I, I want to love him. I do. It's hard. <laughs> it, yeah, it is hard. It's a great matchup. He had twenty carries, twenty touches last week. Um, but the thing is, he hasn't got above eighty-five yards all season. That's even though I'm he's saying. been like the workhorse. It's, it's not going to happen behind this offensive line. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's so difficult, and I know it's a plus matchup against the Colts, but oh, it's so hard. I mean, you're in PPR formats. Obviously, he's a good play um, because he's getting a lot of passing down work. But man. It's really hard to trust him in standard leagues. Yeah. You're basically – he either – he needs to get a touchdown to be effective. Otherwise, it's a bust week. You know what I mean? You're right. You're absolutely right. With all the volume, it's going to be hard for me to bench him, but I think I'm going to have to anyway. It just – yeah, it depends on who's on your roster. You know what I mean? But, man, I, I'm – yeah, like I said, I want to like Jerick McKinnon, but I, it's it's awfully tough. There's three wide receivers – Sammy Watkins missed practice today. We're recording on Wednesday, by the way, for those of you listening. If all three are active, is there any you'd be skeptical about starting just in case maybe they're uh, being activated as a, as a decoy or only going to get, you know, 15 snaps or something? Well, okay, so run down the three. So Sammy Watkins I'm not scared of. I think he's going to have a, a fine game. Julio Jones. Julio Jones, they're still being cautious. He didn't practice today. Of that, I'm not 100% sure, but my if I just went off my gut, my gut tells me he'll play limited snaps, yeah, and it's against yeah. 49ers. If you know you're getting 15 snaps, I think he's still startable against the 49ers. <laughs> well, I don't think – see, that's the thing. The volume would never be that low. Like, if he could only play 15, that means he's too hurt to play, really. Yeah, um, why would they play him against the 49ers? They're going to win anyway. Just give the ball to Tevin Coleman every play. Oh, man. We talked about running backs. I think Tevin Coleman could legitimately be the number one running back this week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that if he had this job, he would be a top three running back this season. I think he's that good. This offensive line is really good. And it is just such a bummer that he's stuck there with Devontae Freeman in front of him when I think Coleman's more talented. Yeah, I mean, he has an issue of staying healthy. So, I mean, <laughs> for that reason, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have Freeman. And Freeman's doing a really great job in pass protection, uh, which Coleman ne not, hasn't necessarily done a great job in. 
<clears throat> and so, you know, so, I mean, I could kind of understand the pecking order, but yeah, for fantasy purposes, obviously it'd be great if Tevin Coleman had the job. It's just, he has difficulty staying on the field. We saw that last year. We saw it this year. So, you know, I, I kind of understand it. Yeah. And the other wide receiver, by the way, was Jordan Matthews for the Eagles. Are you starting him if he's healthy or if he's active, not healthy, obviously? Yes, because for whatever reason, the Eagles are throwing the ball a lot, which I don't think makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. <clears throat> and plus, you think about the running backs, Darren Sproles, concussion protocol, Wendell Smallwood on the IR. Um, those two guys are, are guys that were getting funnel targets in the passing game as well. I just think about target share, and I think Jordan Matthews, if they're going to throw – first of all, they've been throwing the ball a ton. So, you know, in this game, don't be surprised if they, they throw the ball another 45 times. And if they do, target share-wise, I mean, I, you got to think Jordan Matthews is going to see a whole heck of a lot. I mean, obviously Nelson Aguilar is a mess, uh, and they don't really have anybody else that's too reliable in the passing game. I mean, I know Zach Ertz, you know, is seeing volume too, but for God's sakes, he's Zach Ertz. Um, so I don't know, you know, yeah, absolutely. If if he's good to go, you you run him out there. Just, we talk about running back volume. Well, you know, wide receiver volume. I feel pretty good about that too. Yeah. I I know that Baltimore has a good defense, but Jimmy Smith, who knows if he's even going to play and Jordan Matthews since week eight is top five in the NFL and targets. They just keep throwing the ball. So if they do, you got to put him out there even against a defense like Baltimore. I'm definitely starting Jordan Matthews. I know a lot of experts are kind of right there on the edge. I, I say push him up into a, uh, a clear-cut wide receiver three this week. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on who's, your, uh, who's on your roster right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know, I know uh, somebody hit me up with Alshon Jeffrey in two-degree weather or Jordan Matthews. Um, I think that's a very, very difficult call. It's just, you know, like it, it's like you were saying, he's one of the most heavily targeted wide receivers in the game right now. And yeah, just based off, even if Jimmy Smith is on him, Jordan Matthews has been playing a lot in the, in the slot. I don't necessarily know if Jimmy Smith is going to want to travel into the slot that often, even if he does travel, which I don't think he does, but I don't, I don't, I don't see him being a a slot guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to quarterbacks, James. I'm fully off the Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota bandwagons, at least for this week. Where do you stand on them? The Dak Prescott thing is tough. It is very, very tough. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I, in one league, I dropped Dak Prescott to pick up Tyrod Taylor, and I'm playing him. I'm playing yeah. Tyrod over Dak. It's hard, though, because <clears throat> if, you look at, if you look at what he's done this season, I mean, take away the last two games, which have been against terrific defenses, Tampa Bay's not a good defense. They've been getting by playing at a snail's pace, but – I mean, it's nothing's changed for Dallas. It's the exact same thing for Dallas. They've been playing at a snail's pace too. Doesn't matter. They play te- if they if they play you know fast paced teams. They play slow paced teams. I mean, up until the last two weeks, it didn't matter for Dak. Dak was getting the rushing yards. He was getting rushing touchdowns. He was doing a terrific job uh, distributing the football. And it's just, ugh, how do you ignore the last two weeks? And how do you ignore ignore the pace of play? Tampa Bay is just not pushing a lot of plays, and we know the Cowboys aren't pushing a lot of plays either. So uh, it's 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 I just don't know what to do with Dak. I dropped him, and I feel terrible about it. I'll just say that <laughs> he was so bad last week. I mean, you watch the tape; he's throwing off his back foot. He's uh, you know getting crushed and throwing reckless passes. He's lucky he didn't have five interceptions. 
it's true, but the Giants are are up front are yeah. really good. Snacks right. is just destroying people inside. And on the edge, I mean, obviously they've got, you know, great pass rushers on the edge too. Janoris Jenkins, I mean, what a pickup for for the Giants. He's, he's been, been great. So Eli good. Apple, even though uh, everyone said he was overdrafted. I mean, he's done a good job. Uh, so I don't know, man. You know, the Giants' defense is is pretty darn good. I think that's a Super Bowl defense. They could win it. I, you know what's so crazy? I think they could too. And I don't know if anyone else is thinking that, but just because their offense has been so bland. But man, yeah, they're an interesting team if we're talking about real life because their yeah. defense is pretty darn good. Obviously, Eli Manning. Knows how to sling it in the playoffs. Odell Beckham Jr. loves primetime He's game. probably not even trying yet. He's going to wait until the playoffs <laughs> and take it up another level or two. He is so good. Man, he turned on the Jets on that touchdown. It's I like know. he wasn't trying the rest of the game when you saw how fast he can actually run. I know. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. Actually, you know you know what he looked like on that run was Deion Sanders because he was carrying that ball wow. loose with his hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he didn't tuck it at all. He's like, ah, oh, it's cool. I got it. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's uh, yeah, it's it's fun watching him fly when he actually gets going. But yeah, I don't know, you know. So again, I, you know, Dak obviously had a rough game against the Giants, but they got a great defense. I think the Buccaneers just don't have that personnel. They're uh, and I'll say this: their secondary play might be it. Well, it look, it's in the bottom five of the league for sure. Um, up front, they're pretty good, and, and they've done a, a you know a pretty good job uh, stopping the run, and they've been a pretty tough run defense, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I just – I could see it going either way. Dak is a high-ceiling, high low-floor play. And if you just want to roll the dice and say forget it and, and just throw them out there, I can't blame you for that. It's just yeah. – for me, it's hard. And that's why – and see, that, see, that's why I picked up Tyrod Taylor because he brings a similar skill set where I think he's going to run it. But, it. but, you know, with Sammy Watkins getting healthier, Robert Woods getting healthier, I just – I think he's got – I just think he's got a, a safer floor than Dak. Especially against Cleveland. Taylor's a great start this week. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't feel great about, uh, you know, dropping Dak Prescott, but ultimately I did it, and I'm, and I'm starting Tyrod Taylor. Uh, now, we know Mariota's been the number two quarterback in the past eight weeks, and that's even with the stinker last week. Six for Is that 20, true? He's the number two yards. He has been amazing. It's mostly been touchdowns. I mean, oh, I didn't know that. you know, wow. he, he only had 313 yards for his uh, for his high in those games. But all those touchdowns, he's had at least 18 points every game since week five. <laughs> um, I, I still can't. I can't start him against Kansas City. There's just better quarterbacks, I think. Well, I mean, at this point, are there? I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it depends on the, on the size of your league. If you're in a 12-team league, though, how many – I don't think there are that many – uh, better quarterback. If you've been streaming the position all year, I mean, what what are you doing? You're, are you throwing Blake Bortles out there? Are you? Yeah. I mean, are you are you really trusting Colin Kaepernick on the road against Atlanta? Um, maybe, maybe. You know, he's number I, I just, fourteen expert consensus rankings right now. So, guys ahead of him, Philip Rivers is right ahead of him. At uh, face oh, Oakland, dude, I want Rock, no, Rivers. I want no piece of Philip Rivers this week. None. Um, I think. The team is too banged up. Yeah. <clears throat> Oakland's playing way better. I mean, way better. Uh, if you look at how many yards they've given up through the air, that, that number has reduced dramatically. They've got some playmakers in their secondary. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, the, Amerson's been, you know, obviously gotten a lot better. Uh, but uh, here's the bottom line: Philip Rivers looks like he's just fed up. Uh, I don't know if you saw last week's game, but it was atrocious. Yeah, uh, I want no piece of Philip Rivers this week, and I a hundred percent would not have him ranked ahead of Marcus Mariota this week. I think the Chiefs' defense is good at takeaways. See, this is where fantasy and reality become like weird, right? Because like I don't, I think in real life, I think the Chiefs' defense is okay, not great, but in fantasy, they're really good because they get a lot of takeaways. I mean, obviously, playing at Arrowhead that is troublesome, but I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. I, I think you run them out there as you normally would. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout because uh, Tennessee's secondary is, uh, for whatever reason, has just fallen off a cliff as of late. Um, they have been horrendous uh, lately. So, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. I think Tyreek Hill's a terrific play this week. And, and I think Marcus Mariota is going to have to try to keep him in it. And I think he's going to sling it. I think he's going to run it. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I really, like I said, that Chargers-Raiders game, even though I think it's going to be higher scoring, which is what I said earlier, I just I don't want any piece of Phillip Rivers, though. That's yeah. the thing. I think they're going to I think they're going to run it and I think Philip might fall into two touchdowns just because like we saw last week against Carolina he just fell into two touchdowns but that's what he does. Yeah, but <clears throat> the number of sacks that he's going to take is Khalil Mack and, and the boys there up front doing a good job. I just man, I don't know, man. I don't know if the yardage is going to be there. I think he's going to have two or more turnovers. I think the ceiling for him is relatively capped. The reason I I, I don't like Philip and, and that's the real reason I don't like Philip Rivers. I just think his ceiling's capped. I, I in standard scoring leagues, I legitimately can't see any scenario where he scores above 18 points. I, I can't see it. I, to me, it's it's almost impossible. So I don't know. I, I don't think the yard is going to be that. I don't think the, the the he's going to have a bunch of turnovers. I wouldn't be surprised if he has another three turnovers. Legit. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'm 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 worried about Philip Rivers this week. I mean, that being said, like those those guys in the offense, like. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I think he's fine. He's going to see volume. Dontrell Emmett's going to be fine because he's going to see volume. Uh, and Farrell, obviously, is going to see a bunch of volume. So uh, hard not to roll him out there. I'm also intrigued by Alex Smith. You talked about the Titans secondary being so bad. J.J. Zacharyson of Numberfire tweeted this out a few days ago, and I retweeted it. Over their last eight games, the Titans have allowed 22.7 fantasy points per game to quarterback. In that time, they faced Cody Kessler, Matt Barkley, Trevor Simeon and Blake Bortles. So <laughs> they're secondary. It's the worst in the league over the past eight weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I don't exactly know what the hell happened, but no, you're right. It, uh, it has fallen off a map. So yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't exactly know what happened, but yeah, Alex Smith. It's interesting. Alex Smith is, <clears throat> he always has one of those random 30 point games. Maybe this is when he has it. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Now, over at running back, I can't make up my mind about Kenneth Dixon. I've been touting him all year. Finally, he got the bulk of the carries in an important game against New England. Now, he goes to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia's defense has been good all season, except lately it's been horrible. Uh, so I'm thinking Dixon is probably a good start. The experts have him right on the edge at 25 expert consensus ranking. That's a, a decent flex play. James, what do you think? Are you starting him? So Kenneth Dixon is, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, what, what do you do with that? Because the Baltimore offense is kind of so-so. Uh, they've been passing the ball a lot more recently, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely hard to trust. Uh, he's got the skill set. He's, he's got the talent level, but 
the offense seems a little bit muddled right now. I don't, I don't exactly know what they want to get done offensively. I watched them play, and it's just – it's so blah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to trust him. But that being said, he's finally out, out snapping, out working, out touching uh, Terrence West. So, you know, if – I hate when I hate when experts do this, but, man, if I'm hedging my bets, I'll just say this. If he's in a – if you're, you have in a PPR league, roll him out there because I think the floor is pretty safe. Um, I think the ceiling is pretty high. It's just, like I said, right now, if you're in standard leagues, he, to me he's a lot like Jarek McKinnon where the floor is pretty scary. And I think you're kind of depending on a touchdown for him to have a usable day. But, but you know, I mean, running back is a freaking disaster right now. <laughs> it is. It's a disaster. So, I mean, what are you going to do, start Devontae Booker? That's what I'm Three saying. Three carries last week. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't – I mean, you can't even play Devontae Booker now. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the crazy thing. He's getting out-snapped and out, uh, out-touched by a 31-year-old running back on his third NFL team this season. And it happened all of a sudden. He went from being an absolute workhorse to three touches. Man. Just amazing. Amazing. You you cannot play. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You can't even play him. You cannot play Devontae Booker. You can't do it. It's impossible. I mean, if you look at the uh, the running back landscape, just the way the chips have fallen, and I always find this this funny too, you know, because like, you know, I've seen, you know, experts talk about like, well, I mean, why are, why are we going to talk about who the hell is playing Colin Kaepernick right now? Well, I mean, who, I mean, how can you play Andy Dalton? It's like, well, listen, pal, like sometimes teams just stack up quarterbacks and yeah. that's what you're left with. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what happens in these leagues too. It's like, you could be in a 12 team league and some Yahoo's got Five, like, legit running backs. <laughs> You're exactly right, James. Like, stri- like to me, streaming quarterbacks is, is, is great in theory. Hard in practice. Very difficult. I mean, if you play in a competitive league, if you play in a non-competitive league where you're making 35 moves and, like, the next guy after you is making 10, sure, stream everything. Who cares? Just stream the whole, stream your whole roster. But if you're playing a competitive league like, like I am, God, it, it, streaming position is so difficult. Uh, streaming tight end has been a nightmare this year for me. T- tight end all together is a nightmare. I don't even want to talk about it. It just makes me <laughs> well, What about Mike Gillisley? I, it makes me uncomfortable to say because, like, what? He, he had two rushes last week, but he gets Cleveland this week. They're probably going to be up big. He leads the NFL in yards per carry. He's the goal line back there. He's got tons of touchdowns. I mean, if you're desperate, are you taking a chance on him? I only in the deepest of leagues because yeah. his floor is literally zero. Like he could legitimately give you zero. Um, you're right, and and it's hard because I, I think realistically his ceiling is two touchdowns and fifty yards, right? So yeah. So what is that? Sixteen uh, points. Seventeen. So okay. like he gives you a ceiling of seventeen, which is not even that's not even like a game breaker. You know what I'm saying? That's not even a week changer, really. And, uh, and then, you know, I think in, but his floor is literally zero. So I think if you're, I think if you're in a deep league, like we're talking 14 teams or more, uh, maybe you've got a 14, maybe you've got a 12 team with two flexes or something. 
Um, I don't know. And I don't know. Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe your roster has just been absolutely decimated. You're somehow in the second round of your fantasy playoffs by hook or by crook, and you just need a second running back to play. Like, for example, I wouldn't play him in the flex. No, there's got to be a better flex play out there. If you're forced into playing him as an RB2, man, I would hope that you picked up Kenneth Farrow. I mean, I think Paul Perkins is probably a safer play. I like Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead is interesting. Yeah, you know, here, the the one thing I'll say about that game, though, it scares the bejesus out of me, because Steelers Bank, Steelers, anyone in the AFC North, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Browns, whether it's the Ravens, for whatever reason, the Steelers and and the opposing team always seem to play really, really low-scoring games. So I just feel like the Steelers-Bengals is going to be another one of those, you know, we're talking mid-December games. And it's just going to be ugly. If I'm if I'm playing daily, I'm avoiding every single person in the Steelers-Bengals game because I don't know what that's going to entail. You know, that being said, you know, in redraft leagues where, you know, obviously you're going to run out Tyler Eifert. But Rex Burkhead, I don't know. I just, I just have a sneaky feeling that game's going to be a low-scoring game again. Um, and so where does Rex Burkhead fit into a low-scoring game? I don't, I don't really see his usage uh, being worth playing. Now, James, I cannot believe that I'm asking this question. If I would have asked it 16 weeks ago, I would have been laughed so hard at. But we've got DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, and A.J. Green. I'm not sure if any of them are startable for the semifinals of the fantasy football playoffs. What do you think? (laughs) Do we have to put them in our lineup? Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, I probably – I mean, A.J. Green, no. That's – I just don't – I'm not messing with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's practicing this week. But – yeah, that's that's a tough play. I, I would hope that you have something better, but yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. That's <clears throat> that's a tough one too, uh, just because he's been, you know, unproductive. The quarterback play there is, it's it's pretty bad. I I, I feel bad because like you know, it's like if you have Nuke, if you have a Rob, if you have AJ Green, you, you're almost you're almost forced into playing him just because what does your roster really look like? You know, like am I playing Adam Thieland over uh, over Nuke? Probably not. I mean, he's and Adam Thielen is being used at a high rate. Uh, the Colts are a great matchup, but I tell you what, if Nuke goes off for two touchdowns on your bench, even if it's for fifty yards and two touches, you're going to hate yourself. Your off season's horrible, right? It's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, why did I play Adam Thielen over freaking Nuke Hopkins? No, I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I don't know, I don't know. It's it's really really hard to say but I don't know you know the whole A-Rob thing too it's he sees volume you know so it's hard to kind of ignore the volume there um, even though I right. think that game's going to be kind of gross right like Jaguars Texans I, I like the Texans defense as a as a stream this week you know I think A-Rob's going to see enough volume enough target share to have a usable fantasy week I mean I know he's been a, a huge disappointment as of late but but yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, I, I just feel like if he sees another 10 targets, he'll, <laughs> I'm saying this knowing that he's put up back-to-back 30-yard games, but 
<laughs> but I feel like if he sees another 10 targets, like he's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. Like, obviously, obviously I'm not helping anyone out there because I myself am not that sure, but I just know the talent level is there. And it, and it really depends on, on what you got. If you're playing in a two wide receiver league, then you're probably not playing. You're probably not playing any three, uh, any of those guys, right? Because yeah. there's got to be – you've got to have two rostered wide receivers that are better placed than that, no? I would hope so. If you're still alive in the playoffs, I would think so too. I would hope so. So I don't know. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if we're talking about flex, they're, they're worth flex consideration uh, because, again, uh, rosters have been decimated, injuries are abound, and, you know – it's like at least play the upside. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just divorce yourself of the names and the disappointments, right? But like so forget about the name Allen Robinson. Forget about all that stuff. Like let me just tell you, player X is going to see 10 targets in a, in a game where, you know, they'll probably score, you know, 21 to 35 points. Would you want that player in your flex? Of course. The Absolutely. I mean, the answer is, yeah, the answer is usually yes. You know what I'm saying? So – so yeah, it's hard, but I, I would definitely say yeah, go ahead and plug that guy into a flex position. Unless you have something, I mean, unless you really are feeling it somewhere else, then that's what I always find funny on Twitter. Hey, should I play Allen Robinson or Player X? And then I'm like, I think you should play Allen Robinson. They're like, Well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Bro, like if you're asking me this question and you're asking me a follow up question to my answer, let me just tell you, um, if you're feeling the Player X. Play player X. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy to tell you on Twitter to go go against your gut. If you're feeling it, go for it. All right. So Taylor Gabriel is getting on my nerves like nobody else in fantasy football history. I just can't see him continuing to put up these numbers, and he does it every single week. Los Angeles didn't even try to cover him on that 66-yard touchdown. It's not happening this week. I don't care if they're playing the 49ers. I'm not starting him. James, are you starting him? <laughs> It's hard to ignore, man. I mean, look. I, You're right. You know it is. You, you know what's funny is that you know, when he was with Cleveland, um, there were, I remember there was a week where I think their entire wide receiver unit went down. And, uh, and, I'm, and I was saying, yeah, I like, I like Taylor Gabriel. I, I kept, and it was a joke segment on the network, but I just kept calling him Peter, Peter Gabriel. I'm like, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to look into your eyes. Uh, I'm going to tell you Peter Gabriel is, is going to drop the sledgehammer. Uh, I think he's going to be a great player. And, and it was funny. I was, I'm watching the game. I think he ended up with like 10 targets or something, or maybe like eight or nine targets or something like that. And he was literally having balls bounce right off of his hands, right off of his shoulder pad, off of his head. He was – I and from that moment on, I'm like, there is no chance in hell – this guy is going to be in the NFL next year. And lo and behold, the Cleveland Browns cut him. He somehow goes to Atlanta. They have a super deep wide receiver core. And he not only makes the team, he jumps people in the depth chart. I mean, it's crazy. Justin Hardy was a starting wide receiver for Atlanta last year. Somehow this guy who could not catch a damn ball last year jumps him in the depth chart, and now he's a legit fantasy option. That's a long way of me telling you this. If Mo Sanu is active, I don't think he could play Taylor Gabriel. If he's not active, whew, well, now you got a pretty tough decision on your hands. I, I, think, I think Atlanta playing the San Francisco 49ers lends itself to, to basically saying, well, he's at 
100% worth flex consideration, and his upside obviously is massive. So that being the case, if Mosinu doesn't play, I think he's absolutely worth a flex play. That makes me that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous that someone listening to the show is going to start Taylor Gabriel and he's going to put up a zero. But chances are, because I'm saying this, I've been saying this five straight weeks. He's going to score a touchdown for like 2,000 yards <laughs> and, and prove me wrong again. I'm going to look like an idiot. So I'm sorry I for mean, you guys if you if you benched him the last five weeks, but I still I still think I was right. He just got lucky. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is a lot of it is volume. You know, um, you, you start talking about the last you know four or five weeks or whatever for for Peter Gabriel. It's just kind of like, look, man. Uh, the, he just happened to get volume. Uh, although I think one of them wasn't one of them like a, uh, I guess it wasn't a fake punt. I, I'm getting I'm getting my small fast wide receivers all mixed up between <laughs> Taylor Gabriel, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Tyree Kill. But either way, whatever. The bottom line is Mosinu being gone last week was huge for him, and uh, and if he's back, that will I think shut him down this week. All right, final question for you here, James. Look, Dante Moncrief has been very good. He's been touchdown dependent, but he gets Minnesota this week. And Malcolm Mitchell, same thing. He's emerged, but he gets Denver this week. Are you starting either of them? Uh, I think Malcolm Mitchell's not playable. He's a good player. <clears throat> I think he's a good player. But Chris Harris Jr. is a much, much, much better player. I think Bill Belichick wants to run it anyways, and I think that's what they'll do. I could totally see LeGarrette Blunt having a good game. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, I do a lot of game scripting in my head. But, you know, so, like, I'm, I'm not really that huge on Tom Brady this week. Although, again, I could totally see LeGarrette Blunt running all the way down to the five-yard line, bootleg play action. Tom Brady uh, passes to Malcolm Mitchell for a score. That's just, that's just how it goes sometimes in football. But yeah. um, <clears throat> if you're asking me to play the numbers – yeah, man, I, I don't think Malcolm Mitchell is playable. Dante, Mon- I, I don't even know if Dante Moncrief is going to be healthy enough to play. It's a good point. <clears throat> so we'll see, but I don't, you know, if he's if he's out there, uh, I don't mind playing him because I think Rhodes is going to be on Ty, which means unless Andrew Luck is just like dog set on throwing the ball to Ty, uh, Ty will be covered because Ty is a very you know relatively limited player. Uh, offensively, so I think I think he's going to be locked up. And Terrence then, Newman's really good though too. Terrence Newman is good, but he gambles a lot. Um, yeah. And so for me, I, I don't know. I like Terrence Newman. He's cool. He's a good player, but to, I just think he can be burned. And to, Don, I mean, let's make no mistake. Dante Moncrief is a legit athlete, and I think I think Newman will have a hard time with that. See, see, I think to me, I, I don't I don't have numbers to back this up, but just based off of like. Having watched the play, I think Newman does much better in terms of uh, being physical. So he can give guys like Jordy Nelson problems, right? Because Jordy Nelson's not 100% right. Uh, he's also, you know, a little older, not and has he has great Jordy's got great like long speed, but short area, not the best, right? So um, I think Newman can give guys like that problems. But we're talking about fast switch guys. That's that's a problem. So if Newman ever gets like switched up on Ty, watch out. Ty's going to take him to the house, right? But but yeah, if Rhodes is on Ty, which I think will probably be the case, unless I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I know there's all the all these stats and stuff out there talking about whether or not you know corners travel and whether they're going to play matchups or whatever. But bottom line is Rhodes is out there. He's he's sick. 
Newman's pretty good, but um, I think Moncrief is still a good play. Yeah, uh, I'm starting him too. I, I the, the expert consensus does not have him starting. They've got him down in the 40s, but uh, I'm yeah, starting him. I'm putting him out there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to ignore the touchdown potential. But again, it all depends on health. I, I, I bet you anything he's down there in the 40s because of health, right? Because uh, he gave you a zero spot last week because he tweaked his hamstring. He already has shoulder issues. So I don't know. Um, I'd be I'd be worried if I had Moncrief. So you got to keep an eye on the practice report Friday. The Friday practice report would be the biggest thing. If he's yep. limited Friday, ooh, I probably I probably try to go somewhere else. But if he's a full go, then then cool. And obviously, if he doesn't practice Friday, you, you've got to take him out of your lineup. All right, James. Well, that's all the questions we have for you this week. Uh, it was fun having you on this season. Hope to do it again next season and uh, enjoy your football this weekend. Yeah, man. Just let me know. It's been a pleasure being part of the program. And for those of you listening at home, we actually ran out of time and weren't able to cover tight end. I'll tell you right now, I love Jermaine Gresham this week. If you look at his numbers, he's been getting a lot of targets. He's got a good matchup against New Orleans. I think he finds his way in the end zone this week. So if you need to stream a tight end, look Gresham's way. And I also love Ladarius Green. I think this guy's going to win some playoff matchups this week. Cincinnati's terrible against tight end. So I'm all over Ladarius Green. Now for streaming defenses, I'm going back to Atlanta again this week. Face San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick. You've got to do it. Of course, pay attention to the weather. You might be able to get a good defense based on what we find out later in the week. Tune in for the DFS episode, which we've got coming out tomorrow with Notorious. That's Derek Farnsworth from rotogrinders.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. He gives great advice. So please take a listen. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just all slow.